When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Today is January the 22nd, 2022. It's 1-22-22. Pretty exciting shit. I am Brisk Ball. I am joined alongside the Matani. In the background, you are watching... Me running one of the Doctor Who sites yesterday, so enjoy that as our background for the show today. How are you, I, boss? I, we missed you last week. Yeah, yeah, things have been chaotic, uh, but I'm in a good place, and apparently I am sort of ghostly, and, and I'm looking at myself in the background here, partially translucent. Oh, that's pretty uh, cool I'm looking. I like it. Uh, you know, I, if Twilight was still a big deal, right, if people were still into Twilight, I think I'd be doing a really good, like, glitter vampire there you kind go. of thing. You got it. Um but yeah, we've had two weeks off. Uh, we had the DC meet uh, last weekend. So we're going to be hearing some news about that from Brisk in a second. Um, I have a quick shameless plug. Also, one, we just hit level three hype train. I'm getting better at this, guys. I am not a natural <laughs> pitchman. And you're just going to watch me develop and try to, you know, unboomer myself and get with a modern age. So uh, what is it? We have a level three hype train headed towards level four. That is good. Thank you for throwing money at the screen. And second of all, I've been asked for up. Somebody named one of their super carriers after Madfern. <laughs> Jerry Jefford did this. So during the looting op that we saw in the field, it actually had an Aeon named Madfern something. People have been asking me questions about it. We've been updating our stock on Madfern.com which is interesting furniture for successful nerds. Find something cool that you deserve on there. I've been updating it every week. Uh, so keep coming back as we find new cool shit that we think that you guys will like uh, and that anybody would like. We put it up there. So check that out. And uh, man, we have a lot to go over. There's uh, a lot Brisk, of stuff what, going on. Yeah. Uh, we, just we, a bit. We have... Uh, I, I'm just going to hand this over to Brisk to begin with. We are going to, but but guys, we have NC dot deploying. We have the RTAC AKR, like the largest salvage operation in the history of video games, which was followed up by the uh, largest wealth transfer in the history of video games, I believe. And we have some math for you guys about exactly how much is there. Speaking of math, we have the MER. We've got new updated, maybe they're actually right now numbers from CCB if they figured out how to run scripts or whatever. And uh, there, there's just there's just a, a bunch of stuff going on. So Brisk, why don't, why don't I go ahead and hand things over to you and you can take us through your sandbox, your soapbox. All your, right, your, all right. So, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do some fun stuff. So we're gonna start okay. off. First off, I wanna say thank you to everybody. We're gonna hop over here and I'm gonna show you the lovely article that Froggy wrote over on INN about the DC meet. And I want to thank you guys for all, all, everybody that showed up. We had 150 people register for the event. We had over 100 people show up. We gave out awards. We had a dinner, for, uh, seventh anniversary uh, dinner for Karma Fleet. Happy birthday, by the way, to Karma Fleet. Seven years. Uh, and then we went out and just had a good time, and people saw our nation's capital. We had big news. When Tuzzy resigned as the leader of G-Sol and took over and, and handed over the reins to Billy Bob Bannigan, so who, who was there. And we had a lot of fun uh, 
This was this was these guys turning that over, and then we gave away a bunch of Eve stuff. We had all kinds of stuff, some swag from CCP that they provided us. There's me and Merck and Heinrich, and uh, the guys took shots out of an avatar. Amazingly enough, nobody got COVID. At least not yet. It's been a week. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, that because it's been a week that we are good and there won't be any issues and we're all right. But I'll tell you, we had a lot of fun. I want to thank everybody for coming out. And more than anybody, I want to thank my wife, Mrs. Brisk, who put this together for everyone. And a lot of this was done because she couldn't make it to Vegas last year. So she wanted an Eve meet. I said, well, let's do one in D.C. And we just started. We thought there'd be maybe 20 people. And it ended up being almost over 100. So I want to thank you guys all for joining us in our nation's capital. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll see you all next year. We'll definitely have to put this on again. It was a good time. I got so, terrible FOMO from watching everybody have fun because I couldn't make it at the last minute. And so I think we ended up taking it out on AOM as a result. <laughs> Jokes aside, it looked like a fantastic party. I really wish I could have been there. Uh, it was a lot great, of fun. And, and we missed Absolutely. you guys. We we definitely miss you and and uh, and and. Uh, Ms. Matani, uh, who was not <laughs> able to join us, but we were hoping next time we'll see you. And then, and I mean, li literally, like we have already started talking about the next ones. And regardless oh, yeah. of what happens this year, and I know we have talked to CCP, the CSM has talked to CCP. Merck and I in particular were very adamant about this point. FanFest, some form of FanFest needs to happen. And whether it's just us going to Reykjavik and drinking together and then we watch a Twitch stream or they do a, 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 a some kind of a big to do like normal kind of, of keynote speech or whatever, there needs to be something there because EVE players need to get together. That is the glue that holds this game together. And us not being able to hang out and see each other is a real problem. And we can't, I don't want to do it anymore. Like Vegas, Vegas gave me a taste for it. DC gave me a bigger taste. I want to see all my friends. And I want to see all my friends in Iceland too, because I haven't been there in two years. So I'd like to go back and, and visit and chat and hang out with everybody. So we want more EVE meets. Put that on your list, CCP. We want more Eve meets, and we're very much looking forward to FanFest in May, assuming that it happens. All right. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. Let's do it. There was an article that was linked, and I'll pull it up on the screen here. Let me show you. Uh, it was in a, one of the Japanese magazine uh, magazines talking about NFTs and crypto and the future of pay-to-earn in EVE Online, among other things. And Hilmar was talking, and, and you can see here, it was Hilmar and Semi, also known as CCP Hilmar and CCP Goodfella. They were talking about the NFTs. They were talking about how we had things uh, in the Alliance tournament, and just some discussions about how you make money in EVE Online and how the metaverse is going to make money in the future and all of these types of things. And I don't think it was a... It, it wasn't the most horrible article in the history of the world. It wasn't good because they're still talking and thinking about these types of things. But what struck me, what struck me when I was reading this is I'm really, really concerned that we are starting to blur the lines between what is a game and what is real life, what is supposed to be for fun and what is work. Now, under the current EULA in EVE, nothing you possess on your character, your character itself, any of the in-game assets, none of these things are yours. 
They all belong to CCP. We have we are given a license to play, and that's it. Under these types of changes, like with the NFT and the pay to earn and, and giving people crypto or things like that, the whole concept is that you would be able to possess a property right in the stuff that you generate inside this, this, this worldwide game. Now, that sounds good. And he talks about, and I mean, Hilmar even talks about like the idea of, you know, people being able to feed their families or put money in their retirement funds based on the stuff that they are able to generate in EVE Online. And I'm telling you, that to me is a very dangerous discussion. And I want to talk a little bit about where that goes if you get into that mindset and why it bothers me so much that we keep talking about it. Okay. Imagine if you will. You go to work. You do your eight hours a day. You're either in an, uh, in an office or you're working retail or you're a lawyer or you're you're a nurse or you're going out and you're just you're out there having a good time working, making that dollar. And then you come home. What is it you want to do when you get home? You want to relax. You want to not think about work for a while. You don't want to start your second job. Your space job. And you don't want to constantly have, have in the back of your mind, like you're sitting at a poker table in Vegas, that every time you make a decision, you could be costing yourself money or costing your friends money. Imagine, if you will, you are the Matani, a space emperor for the ages. Imagine every time you plan a major campaign in EVE Online, you realize that you are risking millions of dollars of your friend's real-life money, and you're going to kill other people's real-life money. And that fleet you wiped today might be taking food out of the mouths of little children around the world if you do that. And vice versa. Can you imagine going to an EVE meet and having somebody walk up to you and say, Brisk, when you killed my Titan, that was my retirement fund. Now I'm going to have to live on welfare. Can you imagine the types of things that would start happening in the game? Can you imagine even now, even now in video games around the world, you see things like swattings. You see things like doxing. You th see people take things way too far just over epine measuring nonsense. Can you imagine what happens when you layer real money on top of all of that? It's not going to get better. It's certainly not going to be more fun. In fact, you're taking what is fun and you're sucking the fun out of it and turning it into a second job. So I really hope that all of the folks out there that are talking about pay to earn, at least in the MMO environment, when you are playing against other people, realize this is the opposite of what your customers are looking for. We are here because we want to have a good time. We're not here to make money, and we're not here to worry about money because those things go hand in hand. So that's my soapbox. I want to make sure, like, we, we talked about this a lot, and I know we've talked about it quite a bit on this show. We've seen it bandied about in the media. I know the boss has a lot of very serious philosophy issues with the whole NFT things in the first place. I have more of them with pay to earn than anything else. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I just I wish I really wish, and I've told CCP this directly. I wish they just stopped talking about it. I really do. So they, we can stop need, talking they, about. Yeah, it. They, they they need to get Hilmar to shut the fuck up about the stuff. Uh, 
I, uh, it, it, I, I want to agree with you a whole bunch in, in addition to the NFT things, which we, you know, we, we've hit on a previous show, but the, the pay to earn stuff, uh, are, are you good for me to kind of yeah, get in on this? It. No, no, we're good. I want you to, all right, we're all set. Let me pull my, uh, I'm off so, my soapbox. Yeah. So, so first of all, if you guys remember from a couple meta shows ago, we've been off for a week. Uh, I went on a little rant about how the only appropriate response to people trying to put NFTs in video games uh, is to literally mock and shame the libertarian MLM fantasy loser fuckstick scammers that are trying to push them on people. Every time you see some idiot talking about their ape, every time you say, oh, you know, you get to own the thing, the response should not be to engage with the argument because the argument that these scammers make is inevitably not one in good faith. It's a bad faith argument that people are attempting to sell tulips, essentially. This is all tulip mania all over again, just you know, 400 years down the line. So again, remember, whenever anybody opens their dumbass mouth talking about how NFTs are good, just shit on them. They're going to expect some sort of like argument and debate, like Ben Shapiro style, like, let's talk about the future of the blockchain. Fuck them, just shit on them. Because that's the only appropriate thing to do. They're trying to scam you. They're trying to scam their friends or they are deluded idiots that should be taught through public shaming that they shouldn't be talking about this. And the good thing is, is that there is an industry-wide backlash against this NFT stuff. I just wanted to remind anybody that the appropriate response to anything involving NFTs and video games is to just immediately drop any pretense of the argument and shit down the throat of the dumbass who thought he could scam you and scam your friends because fuck anybody who does that. Point one. But that was the NFT thing. So I just wanted to remind people, mock and shame anyone trying to put push NFTs in video games or push NFTs in general. They are just, it, it's pathetic. Um, but the pay to earn stuff is really concerning. And I think Brisk has hit on something there. NFTs are flashpoint because there's such an egregious level of stupidity. And we haven't really had an opportunity to shit on the pay to earn stuff. And I'm going to do that now. Brisk has been very... Uh, uh, eloquent about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get some vulgarity out here. Um, the, the challenge here is is that if you are some sort of uh, a, you know, uh, and I used to be a libertarian. I used to be the president of the college libertarians at Johns Hopkins University, and then I had to work for a living, and I grew up right. But if you that are one a lot of, of these people, guys, I think. Yeah, Honestly. if you if you are Just one saying. of these guys, you know it, it's literally it's an MLM scheme for 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 lawbirds. Um, and, and so when I shit on libertarians, I want you to understand that I used to lead a libertarian group, and so I understand the mindset because I used to be an ideological capitalist way back in the day, twenty years past. Um, nobody is asking for pay to earn. Nobody in the games industry at the level, when I say the games industry, I mean the actual game players, people who play video games, people who want to make video games, people who want to have games be fun, or some people want games to be art or have a, uh, an environment of play involving games. And the goal used to be that if you are in the business of video games, your job was to make better video games that were more fun that people wanted to play more. However, what we are seeing now is industry-wide, as capitalism is beginning to devour itself and inflation is out of control and we're starting to see an implosion long overdue in the crypto markets as people are realizing that, wait a second, this is maybe Charlie Munger was right and it's not an actual income producer, maybe it's actually a tulip. Um, this pay to earn stuff is insidious because the C-suites of 
many companies, which are full, when I say C-suites, we're talking about C-level executives and investors on their boards are pushing this on the games industry because it has become so profitable. You have a bunch of non-gamers saying essentially that they want us to all be gold farmers. They're literally pitching as if it's a good thing. You remember all the controversies when World of Warcraft came back, came out many, many, many years ago, like 2004, 2005. Oh, gosh, there's all these gold farmers and that's a problem. And now these pieces of crypto bro scammer. Well, actually, you know what? I, I don't know how much profanity I want to say, but just insert, <laughs> insert something creative, you know, whatever these, this nonsense, no one has asked, gosh, I wish my game was like a sweatshop. Gosh, I wish I could be a gold farmer. Gosh, I grind all day, every day to make ends meet when wages have been stagnant for 40 years. Inflation is out of control. Nobody's getting paid more. But gosh, I wish I could escape from the dystopian horrors of capitalism where somehow this an idiot like Mark Zuckerberg and all of these other fools are sitting around telling you that you want to put some terrible VR headset on and go be a sweatshop worker instead of playing a video game to get away from all of this shit in the first place. It is shameful. It also deserves nothing but scorn at every turn, not just with NFTs at every turn, whenever one of these scammer crypto bro investor fuck sticks who are not gamers, they don't care about fun. They care about taking money from you and convincing your friends and convincing you to take money from your friends. It's the worst thing about this is because it's an MLM for fucking libertarians, Lawberts, they're like, gosh, you can get in on ownership. And then you're supposed to scam your friends so they can make money. Fuck that shit. It has no place in Eve. It has no place in any video game. And the good news is we can stop it, boys and girls. We can stop it. You know how we can stop it? Don't give them any fucking money when they do it. And again, remember, like with the NFTs, when they bring this shit out, mock and shame it across every channel. These CEOs, these investors, these boards of directors have very thin skinned skins because they are not used to the rough and tumble of the internet. And they have wandered into a zone of gamer rage, which is really just not a healthy thing to do. Like gamer rage, we know it's not very good. It's not whatever, but they are trying to scam you. They're trying to scam your friends. They're trying to convince you to scam your friends. And so whenever one of these dumb motherfuckers wants to tell you that pay to earn or NFTs or any of this crypto bro scam crap has any place in video games, tell them to go fuck themselves, mock them, remind your friends to get in on it publicly shame them, give them nothing. If every time they say pay to earn, every time they try to add a feature to a video game to do that, we will simply organize in some capacity and deliver economic damage in the form of, I don't know, consolidated boycotts. Lots of things are on the table. This is, I want people to understand, this is industry-wide. This is not an Eve thing. This is not just an Eve thing. It's it not just not. Eve. It's not just Hilmar. I know it's easy to say Hilmar sucks because he's saying his latest, oh, I'm the grandfather of VR. Oh, we're doing NFTs now. Oh, it's going to be amazing blockchain. But it's not really something that's from Hilmar. This is happening across the C-suites and the board of directors as there's way too much money in video games now. And there is pressure from the investor class to insert this kind of monetization into a space where previously the industry was focused only on video games. So the great thing to, to know is we have the internet and they can try to add these things into the games and then we can punish them by mocking them and two, making sure that they never get a red fucking cent from any of these MLM crypto scams that they are trying to infect a space that was about play 
Eve Online is one of the reasons why Eve Online is so magical from like a so, from like a, a feeling perspective. And I'm not a feelings guy, but it's very hard to, you know, there's a lot of alienation in the world and you can get all Marxist about it. You can say post-industrial alienation of post-industrial capitalism or whatever. But as the world goes to shit, at least on the internet, you can make friends of like mind and find your tribe. Maybe it's not Gunsorum, maybe it's not the Imperium, but you can use the internet and you can use online games to, even in a time of a global pandemic, make friends on the other side of the world. And that connection that we make with each other through the medium of these games is one of the reasons why we're still playing this stupid game after all these years because it's about each other and the relationships good relationships bad relationships all of that and what is happening is is that they are interfering with that by trying to put money between us such that we have to think about oh gosh we're gonna i'm gonna make money for doing this or this it's just it's stupid it has no business being here and again i suggest to everyone whenever anyone actually is dumb enough to advocate for this pathetic disgusting hypocritical worthless world's destroying nonsense to shit on them from a great height and know that you are in the right know that you are righteous you are on the side of justice when you shit on NFTs, when you shit on pay to earn, when you shit on these people trying to monetize one of the wonderful things about the internet and turning it into just more crappy meta Zuckerberg capitalist hellscape on the internet. I yield my time. <laughs> Gentleman yields his time. Listen, Fuck. all okay. I want to say is Ready Player One was not a how-to manual, okay? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a how-to, okay? And IOI, they were not the good guys, yeah. okay? Yeah. So just, just remember, just remember that in the future. All right, a couple of things. We're going to do one. I have one little quick bit of news, and then we're going to jump into our top story, which is Storage Wars, because we want to get to some Eve news, because there's a ton of Eve news this week. There is. There and is. I want to get to it. So the first thing I want to talk about real quick here is... We had a resignation from the CSM while we were on hiatus. That's right. Pro God legend is stepping down from the CSM. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway. On to our top story, Storage Wars. Yeah. This is a good one. This, this one escalated quickly. We, this uh, was crazy. I mean... Yeah literally crazy what what we had here i'm going to throw this up on the screen because so we had what is absolutely by far i think based on what i've seen and the numbers that we've been banding around the biggest loot pinata in the history of eve online bigger mm -hmm. than the two keep stars in rage that in it killed two years ago bigger than any of the random structure destruction that we've seen since the abandoned uh, Citadel mechanic was entered into the game about a year and a half ago. This was the biggest deal. All right. So boss, take it away. Tell from your perspective, you were, you were the, you were the big boss man sitting on top of this cone. How did this play out and how much planning did you guys put into this? Because it seemed like G Soul and the rest of the guys were ready to go pretty quick. 
We put in a shitload of work. Uh, this was this was something I want to give some shout outs to everybody. Going to give more shout outs on the fireside tomorrow. Uh, but this was a scenario where you got to see what the Imperium is capable of. Uh, and it's that kind of emergence gameplay stuff that's so exciting. Uh, this opportunity dropped in our lap less because of any amazing gameplay on our part. Uh, but because if you watch the show from a couple weeks back and you see sort of the run up to this, uh, Monto from uh, PIBC on the Serenity server basically fucked things up for Army of Mangoes and Ranger Regiment here on Tranquility. And then we simply took advantage of uncovering, which wasn't very hard, his dumbass Scooby-Doo villain style scheme. And then this was the bit where we punished him for it. Uh, so what happened was we knew that we were going to have this Keepstar abandoning and we knew we were going to set it off at uh, on Sunday. Uh, and there was a few bits of novel gameplay that we could not really prepare for. Unlike in the Keepstar that was a pinata in 2017 in Wormhole Space, uh, there was a hostile Fortizar on the grid. So we had some really interesting slap fights with fraternity who had a fortizar and we had a fortizar and then there was this great blue or red depending oh, it on was your perspective, five years sphere. ago now wasn't it yeah it, it was a while back oh, uh, and man. that's why i forgot about that completely um but what happened here is you know gsol had tons of preparation our fleet commanders had tons of preparation we were but when the when shit kicked off we were thinking to ourselves okay we're gonna we're gonna sort through the loot and we'll see what's up but we realized immediately that the bad guys had come to party and they wanted to steal our loot and uh credit to them some guys from horde and test and frt and whoever else did manage to steal some things and run away uh, i saw a test guy bragging on reddit about how they got 60 billion isk and a supercarrier. maybe they got a couple we'll see uh we're going to show you some of our numbers here in a second but immediately we dropped our plan because every plan goes out the window when you have contact with the enemy and we're like okay well this is different because there's a Fortizar there and we've got to figure this out so uh we had a lot of really interesting lessons learned because we had to figure out how to extract capital ships from a hot grid where the enemy had a Fortizar that they could just keep spamming things at us i'm not going to go into too many of the details there because i don't want to reveal uh our, our methods but i think that the results do speak for themselves and we're going to show you some of our initial figures here of uh <laughs> uh of what we got Bruce, do, you, do you have some stats for us i do so so here we go i mean it, 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 it's 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 hard to put into words how much stuff we got i think when everybody started this we were concerned that this this was either going to be impossible to move it was going to be so much stuff or on the other side it was going to be Geraldo opening al capone's safe and there was going to be nothing in there I remember okay. that. I saw that live when I was And I think kid. we were all, con I did too when I was a kid. I remember I was, we were kind of concerned about all this stuff. And it turns out all the concerns we had generally were, 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 were not necessary. The server stayed up. We were able to get most of the stuff out. We killed a bunch of guys trying to steal things. It generally went well. So let's walk through. What, what did we manage to haul? What was part of, what was the haul? So the mm -hmm. first of all, we got 16, more than 16 supercarriers, which is worth approximately 400 billion S, depending on how you evaluate them. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, your average fully fit super is selling in on SMART for in the goons forms for between 22 and 25 billion ISK. So 16 plus of those is almost half a trillion S just on the supers. We got one Titan out, one rag, 110 billion ISK. We got four Fortizars, a Tatara, four Astrahuses, plus like six jump gates, about 40 billion esque, give or take, depending on uh, what where you're looking at it. If you're looking like a G to sale price, that's probably what you would get for them. Two jump freighters fitted, about 15 billion esque each, 
That's 30 billion is there. We got the Keepstar core, which was critical. That was one big thing we were worried about, making sure nobody yoinked it. We got a Satoyo that was unrigged. We got, and then we had a bunch of riggings for all those different citadels, nine cloning centers, other assorted citadel fittings. Now, I don't have this on the screen because I couldn't confirm it, but there was talk that potentially we found a container that had 500 million strat in it. That's impossible to move. 500 million strat is obviously waste byproducts from ice from an ice mining venture, but that is literally three years worth of the entire Imperium's uses of strat. If we it's had like more crack, it. right? Like that is that, that is the fuel of strategic devastation right there. It is big, it is bulky, and uh, the Imperium's not going to be running out of strat anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. One and a half trillion isk worth of strat. I don't know how much of that was moved, so I left it off. We're trying to be conservative in the numbers here. This okay? is actually very conservative, yeah. We're trying to be very conservative in the numbers here because I don't want to blow smoke up anybody's ass or make you think we got a lot more stuff than we did. But the reality is we got a lot more stuff than, than I'm talking about here. It was a ton. There were t at least 20 regular caps, carriers. I saw Archons. I saw Nidhoggers. I saw people trying to jump into them. As, Thousands I think of other random ships. 30. And that, that includes Rorquals. Oh, we got a bunch right. of Rorquals. We got a bunch exactly. of Faxes, Dreads, Carriers, the usual you, caps. Like, there was a bunch. Yeah. Exactly. Then we had some fun. We had a couple guys trying to steal stuff. And I love it when I hear Dark Shines and the guys on comm saying, Doomsday's free on targets. And my favorite dude of all of this, I'm going to throw this guy up on the screen because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh at him a little bit. This dude here, Lord Frederick, I felt bad for this guy. Okay. Here he is, Lord Frederick. Hell one, hell two. This guy found a can with two hells in it. Two hells in it. Jumps in the first hell, gets blown up, says, fuck you, I'll try it again. Jumps in the second hell and gets blown up. That was legit. I appreciate I appreciated try that the try. That was that was good. That was very good. I'm sure he did make money on the insurance payout, yes. But anyway, he, he did not manage to get the hell out. We know that there were a couple of of the big stuff that were able to get out. Uh, and that's just lucky lucky for them, lucky for those guys. They pulled yeah, it off. It was a scramble. One of the things that made this so fun was, uh, even from our perspective, is we had a bunch more competition turn up to try to steal stuff before we could steal it and, and you know credit where it's due. And then we got to do an emergent gameplay. We got to sit our brain trust together on Mumble to try to figure out a way uh, to lock this shit down after uh, we realized that we were having, you know, some bad guys stole some of the stuff before we could steal it. Like, you know, there's a, a big kill and then the hyenas are running off with scraps. And then we figured out how to uh, uh, leverage uh, target locking and coordinate a system that I'm not going to talk about uh, that we were able to stop the theft and get a bunch of shit off the field. Uh yeah, so I, I think there's. Um, I, I have some numbers. Do you have the Do you have the stuff from the uh, the jump freighter services on on this? Or I don't have that? the stuff from the jump freighter services. We just started talking about that. So uh, I do have. Go that. ahead, can, run run through that, that, and and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So we have uh, 
in addition to this, this is just stuff that the state captured, right? Because, you know, we got to, we got to do things, uh, the higher level strategic assets, uh, we had like 400, uh, 400,000 fuel blocks too. There's a, there's a bunch of really good logistics shit in there. Uh, but we asked our main jump freighter services to look at the collateral of contracts that people were bringing from our a and the aftermath, uh, to one to Q1. Uh, and we had, uh, 265 billion in exports from one of them and 205 billion from another. And so I, I'd say comfortably, probably around uh, half a trillion ISK in terms of just contracts. Now, we've been running a number of move ops between RA and 1DQ1, and those do not show up on jump freighter contracts or anything like that. So there's really no way for us to estimate that. Uh, but we are very comfortably into uh, a, a taking. Oftentimes, when we blow up an enemy keep star or something, you know, there's no loot pinata. There's certainly not a scenario where so much comes out of this. Uh, it was it was a very long operation. It was like north of nine hours, I think. To get yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to bring pounding. up. Yeah. So I, I started driving home uh, from the D.C. meet. And around three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Eastern Freedom Time. And when I got home, that was finally we got home around four o'clock or so. The the Keepstar finally poofed. And I rem I was going on comms periodically for the next two, three hours just to see. And I think finally the Init Titan fleet jumped out right around the time, right around like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock Sunday night. So they the guys were on grid for a solid nine hours. And and part of the part of it was you had so many cans, you're trying to track the cans down, you're trying to figure out who goes what goes where. The state is taking their share and making sure that we don't the bad guys don't get away. And then it's a free-for-all for everybody to just grab whatever they can. So, I mean, we, we did a, I, I did a, a conservative estimate of at least one and a half trillion ISK was taken just by the Imperium mm -hmm. for Imperium uses. And I guarantee you there was at least another trillion probably worth of stuff that was captured by players, by members that they took home and put in their own wallets. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking at potentially at least two, two trillion to three trillion esque worth of stuff <laughs> that was looted out of this AOM Keepstar. I mean, it it's just it is hard to put into words how cool that was and it, how much it sucks for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It it and we get to use it immediately them. because you know it's a scenario where in the in the age of age of you know plex parity or whatever in joke we're making about the the whatever ccb has done to the in-game economy um you know people still can't build capital ships because they i mean technically speaking they can but like you're not really seeing it happen uh and so in a scenario where we're literally able to just hoover now keep in mind guys uh this was a catastrophic uh, go fuck yourself that we delivered to Monto. And that's why we, we sort of named the Keepstar No Mercy for Monto. Uh, and I, 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 we did so much here that I periodically felt uh, a tiny, tiny glimmer of, of pity. And then I remind myself that they were pappies and that AOM was in pappy for a year and a half cheering and clapping for Villy's War of Extermination and all of that. And then that little glimmer of pity instantly vanished. And so that's cool. That's cool. But it, we, we got enough that I, I briefly felt a moment of 
Ooh, oh wow. There's because it was, it was so much more shit than we expected, right? We had very conservative estimates. We had a bunch of people in, in our directorate who are going like, I don't think it's really gonna be a big deal. We need to make sure that we're not hyping this up too much. Like we get what we get. And even in my wildest dreams, I had no no idea that so much would pop out of it. Um, so yeah, um fuck them and uh thanks and that's i mean no no th and thanks thanks i yeah. mean listen the, the two things that i think are the most important to remember okay first this was avoidable this was all they could avoidable. Have just asked they could just ask can we join the imperium we would have said no, no we're not taking new people at the time uh, and then they could still have had their keep star they could have still had all of these things they could have gone and made their own decisions or whatever but monto decided that he was going to be sneaky explicitly acknowledged the fact that we were not accepting new members said in a fucking speech that was recorded by all in sundry because it's like gosh we don't have people that understand mandarin uh, everybody has people that can understand mandarin in modern eve because it's a requirement to be able to play the metagame that you could have people that do chinese and all you know mandarin cantonese you can do uh, you got to have Russian speakers. You got to have a whole bunch of language compatibilities to make things go in this game. And so this dumbass just being like, well, you know, we can't get into the Imperium because they're not accepting new members, but we're going to join Ranger Regiment and nothing will change. And then we'll be in the Imperium. We'll be protected from FRT. And he just fucking said this. It was completely avoidable. This was not like an amazing like metagame heist that we pulled off. Obviously, there's credit words due. Hyper Viper did an amazing, amazing job. There's a lot of other moving parts in this, but it was completely avoidable. It was completely unnecessary. This guy just decided that he wanted to try to trick us when we had uh, a, a guillotine above his balls. And so we just, you know, sliced him off. So there you are. Uh, wow. It was big though. It was it was really big. We're still trying to kind of comprehend and tot up everything. Like I saw, there was a another move up uh, in progress from Artake pinged out earlier today, checking to see who still has stuff there. Like we still don't have everything that we took secured in, in Delve because there's just so much of it, and, and ops are continuing. So it, it's fantastic. There you go. There is uh, there is Manto himself. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. So, and, and I think the, the second thing to keep in mind is, can you, I mean, imagine you are the leader of a group like this and you have to explain to your members how this happened. And I know what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to say, oh, the evil Imperium, they tricked us. They're liars. They're this, they're that, and the other thing. But in the end, the only people that they really have to blame for them, for any of this stuff is themselves. And specifically Monto, right? Like like Fulcrum right. and the guys that are running AOM before Monto decided to assume direct control uh, did not make moves like this. We had AOM on our border for months after the war, and there was no feisty nonsense like this. Uh, this is very clearly a scenario of Monto is like, I'm the leader of PIBC, and we're going to micromanage this and fuck it all over. Um, so, you know, whatever. Conveniently, I don't give a fuck if he blames me uh, or if he blames the Imperium because... Uh, Whatever he can eat shit. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to move on now to the NullSec Power Hour. We have some some exciting news of things happening. You yeah. guys are not going to believe this. So there's a ton of there's a ton of fighting going on in Esoteria. There's tons of fighting going on all around the South. And we got word this week that NC Dot is deploying. You you want to know That's where right. they're deploying? Right after. I push the button. All right.
So if you asked anyone anywhere in Eve and you said to them, NC Dot is going to deploy this week, where do you think they're going to go? Every single person that you ask, regardless of which group they're in, which anywhere they anywhere you ask, regardless of which group, whether FCs, line members, anything, the answer would have been, oh, they're going to go to Esoteria. That's where the action is. That's where RMC is fighting fire. That's where Enid is deployed. That's where the goons are right now because we're right next door to it. Why wouldn't we go to Esoteria? That's where the party is. So NC Dot announces they are deploying to Venal. Yeah, yeah. This was this was this was a, a shock. Uh, I, I don't really know what's going on over there in in Vince Land, but uh, the the news is they are going to Venal. Uh, NC, uh, there's got some of their allies like Lord of Worlds Alliance and Riot Rick and Slice are somehow still around and they're there. Uh, PL allegedly might be involved with this process too, but they're going to clear out Venal over the next eight weeks. Um, I was sort of hoping that they would be trying to make a swing at Anid. I think everybody was hoping, you know, Anid has deployed a Keepstar and Dutac P. Uh, there is a bunch of chaos all in that area of, of the galaxy right now. There's big shakeups, big power vacuums everywhere because we kind of just deleted AOM. And, uh, you know, so we were anticipating, hey, maybe they think we're overextended. Maybe they take a swing at us. And so the, the venal thing is like, um, okay. I mean, I, just, I, I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it. I mean, I, it, so first of all, for those of you who aren't aware now, it says I have the, I have the, I have the, uh, uh, the Alliance influence map up. Fraternity is apparently Alliance influencing Venal, but it's not because Venal is NPC smack space. dab in the middle of NC dot. It is NC space, not NPC space. I should say non-player yep. character space. It is Garista space. There's Venal right there. I'll pull it up on the screen. There it is. It's a whole bunch of systems full of nothing. So who lives there? Well, the typical guys that live in NPC Nullsec. You've got uh, Darkseid. You've got a bunch of groups like that that are up there that live there. In addition to the Garistas, and this is what they're and this is where they spend their time. Why? Why would NC Dot go to clear out or to glass an NPC region as if that's even possible? Because these guys well, just have to just dock up in a station in NPC space and they're and they're safe. Like Volta, I don't get snuff and dark side. Like I, I you know, in, so the, the, we have a battle report for you, which we're going to get into here in a second, which was the the first op of this, and you know, it, it is possible that maybe they're looking to secure Vena Venal to just run like I don't know crystals, uh, just do missions or something. Like I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. We were obviously preparing for more of a great game on the chessboard kind of big picture politics stuff. Um, but also, you know, I, I wouldn't myself ever really want to go pick a fight with any of those guys that they're talking about because they're exactly the sort of people that would get very feisty about a block intervening into their zone. Just and, a bit. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting to see this now, again, this can't, this caught me by complete surprise. Like I sort of like waking up one day and having an AOM Keepstar, woke up one day and we see NC going to Venal and uh, 
the venal locals are not happy. If you check the comments from this uh, this thread uh, where Riot Rick sort of went out there and tried to post a couple of incorrect battle reports to make it look like NC Dot did not uh, get their asses kicked, the first major engagement of this deployment on deployment day, uh, they lost uh, 27 to 11 in terms of billions of damage on the NC side versus the uh, you know venal local side. And if you check the comments, like one of the things that that is interesting, and this is something to keep our eyes on is they are not happy. Like, this is not like, uh, hey, they're coming into Venal and, you know, they fought them and whatever, good fight, good fight. It's more like, fuck you, why are the blocks trying to intervene in Venal? Uh, sort of the intense, the emotional intensity, the kind, and, you know, we like emotional intensity in EVE when people are mad at each other, it makes the Space Wars more entertaining. Uh, so, you know, when I heard going to Venal, I'm like, okay, well, I guess they're just going to go fuck around there. Uh, but the dudes in Venal are mad. And we'll, we'll, we'll be watching this and updating you guys on this because it's... It's interesting to see we're starting to see some of the former pappy or still pappy or who knows whether pappy is still pappy we're treating pappy as if they're also pappy mind you uh but i don't know what they consider themselves to be uh, but this is one of the first times that we're seeing some of the major combatants from the vietnam war uh starting to play cards and do deployments and we can find out what their sort of post-war fighting strength is um I expect NC will deploy their caps and I expect that things are going to uh, change, right? Because it's a lot easier to win these fights if you can throw a bunch of carriers at the problem. Um, but yeah, so this is this is basically like we went from thinking they were going to deploy against a knit to now there's some honest to God space drama and nerds very angry at each other in, in Venal, which which is is great. Right. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we're, we're not on the side of, I mean, we're not involved in this. The venal is, the venal is way the fuck up there. That's right? like, something <laughs> I want to point out for the record. NC dot chose to deploy a, in a position in the game that is as absolutely as far away from in its deployment as is humanly possible. This is the equivalent of, Test jumping to Outer Passage to get a hell away from Goons and Delve, jumping across the entire galaxy. Instead of coming down here and fighting us, they jump back up and go to Venal for no good reason that anybody can think of, other than maybe they want to pick a fight with a bunch of guys who, frankly, have made their bones beating the shit out of Nullsec guys who think they're bigger than they are. That's what they do. That is exactly what those guys do. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm surprised Vince would even do this. I guess, I guess finally his his players decided that they couldn't just sit around uh, and and not do anything anymore. I guess he's reopened Europe, so he's got some time on his hands. Maybe just Nidispar figures. All right, Mr. V is down in Esoteria, so he's not going to be typing up in Venal. So I'll just go there. Maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, hey, but I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm glad. It. I mean, I'm not glad that they didn't deploy it against Init because I had such wonderful, wonderful schemes. But um, we had some you know, plans. If, it was going to be if, fun. If, you know, if they're if they're going to park in Venal and like do this kind of thing, like it's obviously not like. Uh, and if I was going to intervene in this, I certainly wouldn't say it on the meta show. But like, if they, I thought that they were going to be attached to uh, Elf Boy and whatever's left of Test uh, until uh, forever, right? And so we were sort of naturally assuming because, of course, what's happened in the east is you're seeing on a pretty regular basis fire coalition is blobbing up with the rest of the other former pappies in the east to try 
right? Uh, they're totally not forming Pappy again, but you know, they're all bobbing up together. So we just assumed that PL and NC dot would come and be part of that. So, you know, Hey, if PL and NC dot have moved on from the whole Pappy thing and they want to be a strong independent block and go off and, and try to purge the, the local NPC space and piss off the locals and whatever, uh, that's actually something we should probably be praising. Like we should actually be probably saying that's, yep. that's good. Go that's for good. It. You're, 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 you're not, you. not next to test. You're not, you know, cause I mean, Hey, like at this point of the certain, certainly if tests leaves themselves vulnerable and, and they come out of outer passage in a place that we could actually get to, we're not going to have to worry about NC and PL coming to bail test out. So that you know, it, it opens up some options on the chessboard. We're, we're going to report and there you guys go. can decide. We'll, we'll show you how this all plays out. Uh, interesting moves, interesting moves. And just for the record, I know that uh, I know that NC dot pinged quite a bit this morning, uh, trying to motivate their guys to show up to defend their uh, onlining Fortizar in Venal, saying, "And it's coming! And it's coming! You guys got to get in fleet! And it's coming!" How the fuck are we supposed to get there? You're on the other <laughs> side of the goddamn map. What? What? We just? What are we supposed to, to gate a, a fucking mutant fleet through high sec to get fucking, to your asses? Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> Nice try. We had other shit to do, uh, like move yeah. my Titan to one DQ. That's what we had to do today. Anyway, so Dark Shines wanted me to to just highlight that uh, that yeah, you guys you guys got in it on the brain, which is good because you should because we are the boogeyman. But in this case, you know you're gonna have to find somebody else to whip your fleet into and whip your guys into joining fleets because it ain't us this time. Anyway, Omuski, hi. I like to see you in the chat. I hope to see you on the battlefield soon. I also wanted to note, and I should have noted it in the last segment, but for all of the Eve Media quizlings out there who wanted to argue that AOM, well, they weren't really doing much. They had nothing to do with the war. There were a shit ton of Horde, NC, and Test cans in that dead Keepstar. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot. So maybe they didn't maybe they didn't fight very much, but people sure as hell were using that space to dump their crap. Let me tell you. Okay. Anyway. All right, moving on. We have one last segment. We're gonna go into Pearson the Corporate Veil. We have an MER, and not only do we have a monthly economic report, we have reasons for why we didn't get one in November and December, and we have some new graphs to show you guys. So I know you all like graph porn. I know mustache is not here to show it to you. You're gonna have to deal with a beard instead. But we're going to make it happen for you right now, as soon as we get through me pushing this button. All right, so the monthly economic report for December 2021 updated. Why is it updated? Because the original one they put out was completely fucked up. Now... I know there are a number of you out there who live and die by these graphs. They are your bread and butter. You love them. And you know who you are because you are constantly yelling at me when they're wrong. Now, my understanding is the tools that CCP has been using to compile the MER, and Arendus is right there and he says, hi, Briss, guess that he is one of them. The MER was using tools that were compiled originally by CCP Quant, who has not been with the company for more than five years, they are out of date. And my understanding was there was a problem, and, and CCP Swift said this publicly, there was a problem with the database that housed the data in Reykjavik. And the result was they were not able to put out the November and December MERs in a timely fashion. This was not a conspiracy. 
It was not because they didn't like what it showed, although they probably don't. But it was mainly because that just the tools were old. So CCP Larrikin, who has been taking has taken over control of the MER, has been working to build new tools, rebuild everything, and he's been actually asking you graph nerds what kind of data you want to see. And this is the first time that we finally get to see some of these new graphs. And a lot of them include things that you guys have been asking for for a long time, including asteroid or volume, not just value, but volume mined in each area of space and each different place. The, the amount mined over time, the gas volume, the gas mined over time, which I want to I want to get back to because it's pretty funny. Ice volume by region, ice mined over time, moon ore by volume, moon ore over time. So all of the mining stuff, which is ice, asteroids, and, and anomalies, moons, and gas, all of the stuff is now being provided in a, in a different way. This has been well-received, I think I can say safely, by the graph nerds. This is what they wanted, and they're getting some of what they wanted. I asked last night the graph nerds, and they, they said that they were overall, they were pleased that they were heard and they were listened to. They still want more stuff. They want CSVs. They want a bunch of different things that'll let them let them notice, uh, do, do all kind of back-end type stuff where they're looking really deeply at previous numbers and these numbers and, and comparing them and making sure the numbers add up. They want that stuff. But in the meantime, we have new graph horn, so the guys are happy. Now, what, if anything, does this show? Well, I think the first thing that I want to highlight, because I think it's funny, is if I pull up the ice mind over time, look at this graph. I'll pull this up, throw it into the center of the screen here. Mm -hmm. Do you see this big, giant drop here? Right here? What the hell is this? What is this? You know what it is? The winter nexus event. The winter nexus event was such a good event that people stopped mining regular ice and took all their guys and went mining ice in the winter event because it was better ice and there was more of it. And it was everywhere. And it made that big of a drop almost... <laughs> Almost half a billion in volume of ice just because of this event. Now, I know a lot of you people complained about the CC, complained about the live events. Some of them you don't like, some of them you do like. The Winter Nexus event, from, from what I can see, having run all the sites, gotten all the skins, seen people's view of them, was probably one of the most well-received events that they've done in a long time. It was very lucrative. People made a shit ton of money. And it lasted a good amount of time. The rewards were fun. There were skins. There was all kinds of stuff in there. It was great. I was very pleased with that. One of the things that I, I also want to point out here is you can see on the gas, on the gas, where's the gas? Right here on the gas scene. You can see when they switched, when they switched, to require gas in all of the capital ships and how everybody started mining, going out and huffing gas because they thought it was going to be a thing and it was a big deal. And you can see the trend line boom down to here. 
when people realize nobody can build caps, so they're not using any of the gas that they've all mined. <laughs> so maybe we can look at this and tell, CCP can see this and say, all right, we did something people took advantage of by making all of these gas sites required in capital production, but now everybody's sitting on a massive stockpile of gas because nobody's nobody's building caps. So something okay. that we need to investigate, I'm seeing in chat here, is, is that, uh, and we'll, we'll find this out, is it could have been the event, but uh, chat is saying that that time coincided with a period when there was a bug in the anomalies and that ice wasn't spawning. Uh, but we, we will find that out. What, uh, what this does show, though, is that players respond to incentive. Well, actually, no, I'm not sure if it shows that because I'm not sure what actually happened there on the ground. We'll, we'll have to investigate that and figure it out. But uh, if there is prosperity, if there is prosperity, we should be seeing it in the graphs, right? Like what, what, now, now that they have finally gotten things, you know, fixed with the data, if we are in an age of prosperity and things have been fixed and everything is peachy keen, uh, we should be able to see it on the MER. And at the very least, uh, Delve and Veil of the Silent are sort of back online. Uh, nobody is really like running NullSec anomalies because all of that. Null, null ratting is so crap. Uh, that everybody just goes to run events whenever events are there. So, uh, you, you know, I, I am kind of curious to see, and now that this data does go into public, it's going, it's going to be harder to hide the uh, damage of the incompetence that we have suffered from in the, the last, uh, I mean, fuck, it feels like a couple of years now. Uh, I, I do hope that CCB actually listens to the players and to the CSM representatives and to smart people, because, you know, you're not going to be able to hide from Eve players what's happening on a graph, right? They're going to be able to interpret the graph better than you. They're going to find flaws in what's on the graph, and they're going to find the ground truth, right? This game is spreadsheets in space. We know our graphs. I don't. We have people for that because I am a simple, humble mitten that can barely add. But, uh, you know, if there is prosperity... If everything is wonderful and, you know, all of this shit has been fixed, it should be showing up in the MER and uh, thus far uh, it isn't. So, you know, we'll have to see where they go. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm bored of shitting on CCP for some of the things that they've been doing. Like basically I'm at a point here where if they come down the pipe with another NFT thing or another uh, Hilmar opens his mouth with more pay to earn stuff, uh, or if Rattati keeps going on podcasts and talking about how he wants to remove jump freighters, uh, we will, uh, you know, start throwing uh, truth bombs or whatever sort of shade, whatever euphemism you want to have for it, uh, back out there again. But I have been happy to see that the number of people playing Eve has been big, right? Like, even if you don't like the Doctor Who event, if people are playing the Doctor Who event in high sec, like, I don't think high sec missions are fun, uh, but some this, the numbers are good. Like, we're at 33K uh, concurrent uh, earlier today, and that those are good numbers. So a healthy Eve is good for all of us. And uh, if it's the age of prosperity, prove it to us by showing us some mathematically demonstrable, testable prosperity. Otherwise, we'll just keep stealing from pappies because that's fun, too. <laughs> and it, it is definitely a, a more realistic source of income. Anyway, I mean, my, my whole point uh, in, in showing this stuff is at least it sounds to me, I feel like 
either both both from what I've seen publicly in the statements from CCP, as well as our CSM meetings and some of the other discussions. And you guys are going to be surprised to hear me say this. We have been banging on these guys for a year about scarcity sucks and scarcity. This is awful. Stop the nerfing. Stop doing this. Listen to players. Please start doing what we ask you to do. Give us the things we want, not the stuff you think we want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. I think if you go back, and I, I'm going to link this in the chat because uh, if I could find my quick uh, notes uh, for it, there was a good interview that CCP Rattati and CCC, CCP Swift did with the Declarations of War podcast. Uh, Alex mm -hmm. Card, who's a former CSM member who has been on this show multiple times, as well as Artemis Albosa, who is uh, one of the uh, more well-known of the Eve Talk Show hosts. They did a good interview with these guys, and there was a ton of stuff in there. Go listen to it for yourselves. But it sounded to me, the way that I interpreted the things that were being said by Rattati in particular, they're tired of getting punched in the face by the players. They are sick and tired of the negative press. They're sick and tired of all the complaining and all that kind of stuff. Now, granted, yes, you did this to yourselves, guys, but they're tired of it. And I think we're turning the corner on them providing us with things we're asking for. I feel like they're much more receptive, receptive to the things that we asked them to do. They're much more receptive to things like fixing citadels, which was at the top of my list of stuff to do. They're much more receptive to giving players positive things like we're finally going to get compression fixed. I have a good feeling that the compression that they showed us last year which was awful and horrible and completely stupendously dumb, will not look anything, what they end up releasing will not look anything like that because they've said basically that that was going away and it was a bad idea and it was, it was not good. I'm hoping that we'll get some more information on that soon. I'm hoping that we'll get the conduit jumping stuff that we saw on CC that was teased. I hope that we will get all of these things we've been asking for. And I get the feeling that they're ready to, to key up some wins with the players by finally doing the stuff we've been asking for for a while. So it's taken a while. You have not heard me say I have a lot of optimism in quite a long time. It's been months, but I'm starting to feel a little optimistic here. Maybe that's naive brisk. Maybe that's brisk to Pollyanna, but I got to call it like I see it. And I, I'm kind of thinking we might start seeing some good things here in the next couple of months. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they put in the FanFest keynote, not going to lie. That is that is going to actually, now that I think about it, I, I wonder which uh, dev is going to be giving that. Uh, or, I mean, you know, sometimes there'll be a rotating team of devs, like the keynotes you know, have been different over the years and how the formats go. Uh, that is probably going to be a scenario where lots of eyeballs from around the industry are going to be on that. Uh, you know, guys, like this isn't rocket science. People, you have literally a player elected focus group to tell you what the players think and to utilize their expertise, especially because if you've been working on dust for a while and you don't know much about EVE Online and you think that jump freighters, like, you know, I'm not going to hammer the guy on this too much because it was just a throwaway line in a podcast. But after the grayscale incidents, it is sort of a concern. And obviously, risk being positive is is good. And my job here is to right. to be bad cop. Um, but now, let, me, know, let me be clear. I'm not telling. I'm not suggesting that any of you have hope. 
I'm not suggesting that any of you take what I'm saying and decide to change your mind. Mm -hmm. Because, again, I agree with Wibla in the chat. The proof's in the pudding. I need to see actions more than mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, I'm willing to acknowledge when I'm starting to see the words and I'm hoping that the actions follow. But, again, I I'm telling you, I feel a little optimistic based on what I'm seeing. You may not. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're absolutely entitled to that opinion. And don't think that I disagree with you or that I'm going to tell you that you're dumb or anything because you disagree with me. Because God knows enough people disagree with me all the time. And that's perfectly fine. And half the time you're right and I'm wrong. And if I am wrong, then I'll come back and tell you guys on a future show, yeah, all that hope I had, yeah, that was bullshit. But I'm hoping that I don't have to do that. And we'll find out hopefully in the next couple of months. And if I say hope one more time, Mrs. Brisk is going to dart me, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> anyway, I think we're at the end. I, I, huh? I, I think that's that. I, I think we're at sort of wait and see on a number of levels. The great thing is there's a lot of stuff to wait and see about. And, uh, you know, if, if CCP has decided that maybe they should listen to people and implement the things that people broadly agree are a good idea, that is positive. And we will respond to good steps with good steps and uh, great uh, I have been getting yelled at to uh, free Wibla some more, which is always good. And uh, I will. Uh, Are we freeing him on live on the stream right now? I'm going to try to, but it's really hard to actually have me operate a computer or anything that involves this is hard. some kind of. It's why they don't let me like mess with the ACLs or something. It's just it's just a bad idea. <laughs> uh all right. Uh, well, that is going to be that. I, I, I think that's it. I, I think go. we're good. Uh, we are good. For, for this week. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us. This has been the Meta Show for January 22nd, 2022. I'm Brisker Ball, joined alongside the Matani. Thank you all for being back here. We're sorry we missed you last week. There are no anticipated vacations or skipped weeks anytime in the near future. So join us back here next week, 2100 Eve, 4 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time, as always, for the Meta Show. Thanks for watching, and you stay classy, New Eden.